0: Welcome to another episode of Views from the Box. Nana, how are you doing?
1: Nice, oh, calm bro. It's been a chill weekend. Chill
0: weekend. <clears throat> Very good weekend as an Arsenal fan. Your two title rivals or potential title rivals played and drew, and you capitalized. But we'll, we'll get on to you guys later. Let's start with the first game of the weekend Liverpool versus Man City at the Etihad blockbuster game, but with a game that was put at 12.30 straight after the international break in terms of quality, didn't live up to expectations of what we've seen in the past. What did you think of the game? Um, what do you think of the results and performance from both teams?
1: I think um, everyone predicted that first big game of international break, uh, kick-off the energy would wasn't going to be there it wasn't, as, wasn't going to be as intense as we come accustomed to when Man City play Liverpool so first get, let's get that out of the way but yeah um, as a neutral the game was okay it wasn't amazing both teams were clearly not at their best um, Man City had some good moments but it wasn't amazing like the bright spots for Man City were probably Bernardo Silva. who should have got who should have got the match in my opinion I thought nah, he saw, was the
0: best on the pitch yeah, That's
1: definitely what... on the pitch in my honest opinion um, outside that, was was a tight game, a really, really tight game. City couldn't finish their dinner, which has been more common this season. Not gonna lie, but I think one one was a fair result if you look at the balance of things.
0: Yeah, no, I think one. If you look at the balance of things, one one was definitely the fair result. I think first half, City were definitely a lot better than Liverpool. They created a lot better openings. I think Dokun, especially in the first half, was very threatening. Got past Trent a couple times. Liverpool centre-backs Van Dijk and Matip saved us with the cutbacks that they were putting into the box. feel like, like you said, Bernardo Silva, Rodri as well, helped City control the game. And when they scored to make it 1-0, that goal was defo coming. We were just getting the ball to City, inviting pressure onto us. But as with the theme with Liverpool throughout the season, if you leave us a chance to get into the game we are going to create a chance it doesn't have to be clear cut we have enough quality in the team to create a chance and that's just what happened with Trent in the second half as as a Liverpool fan I look at it there's a lot of ways to look at it there's we went to the Etihad and left with a point you can't look you can't be greedy when you go to these places it doesn't matter if you're going for the league or not Leaving the Etihad with the point is never bad. So when I look at it from that point of view, I'm not too fast. But there was still some things that I'm still worried about. Our structure off the ball. And the thing is, it's not as if structure off the ball, we get a DM and it's going to change straight away. I remember when you first came, because we watched the game together. You were you saying lack of DM, but you saw McAllister was on the right. There's nothing wrong with McAllister being on the right.
1: Yeah,
0: He's on the right and the ball comes back into the middle. That doesn't mean just because McAllister's on the right there's nobody that's going to be in the middle or passing through Liverpool easier. And also building up from the back. We've seen it quite, not a lot of times, but we've seen it sometimes this season. When we get pressed, we struggle to build up from the back. So those are just two things that I think in this game didn't help us. And it's something that Liverpool need to solve if we want to stand the chance of actually going towards the end for the title. That that was my main takeaway, but I agree with you. First game after the international break, in terms of quality, we weren't going to see quality from both teams for 90 minutes.
1: Oh, uh, quick, quick, quick question. <laughs> what do you think has changed structurally from Crop's tactics here, from your peak team 2018 to 2020, to now, recently from, let's say, 2021 to now? What's changed tactically that Liverpool are leaking way more chances? Because even in that season where you guys were going for the trouble, you guys were leaking a lot of clear-cut chances, but Alison was in Godmore, so you guys didn't really get punished. So what's changed between 2018-2020 team to the current Liverpool team from 2021? Tactically, that you're leaking way more chances?
0: I'll say f- firstly, personnel. We had Henderson, Fabinho and Ronaldo into in the peak in terms of fitness-wise. So in terms of that running that they were doing, it was a lot easier for them. <clears throat> To do the running, um, not a lot easier. Like it was a lot easier for our system to work because you had Fabiño who press, squeeze the pitch. You have Ronaldo. You had Henderson who, who do doggies for Robertson and John Alexander Arnold. I think another thing that changes, apart from either Henderson dropping in line with the defense or Ronaldo dropping in line with the defensive build-up, every player was in the set position. So Trent, you'd always find him on the right as a right-back. Robertson, you'd always find him on the left. Ronaldo was always left LCM. Henderson was always RCM. But now we have a lot of changing. So we'll slide will, will be somewhere. Diaz will be somewhere. And that helps when we're attacking. But once you lose the ball in out outer position, it's very easy to play through that, especially when players don't know where to be or how to press when they're in a specific position. So it's just something that the players need to get used to. In terms of the profile of our midfielders, ages, we're buying the right ages. We just need to buy more defensive-minded midfielders. Um, Yeah, I would say those are the main main changes. Um, But at the end of the day, it's still not bad. You guys are the only team that's conceded more goals than us. In terms of expected goals conceded, we're still amongst the best teams in the league defensively. We're not the best, and that needs to improve, but... Yeah, I'll say those are the main changes. That's why we keep on leaking the chances that we do.
1: Oh, oh. Yeah, man. Arthur, I would say his, um Nunes, man. When he's Nunez going to finally become a clinical finisher or convert at least one or two of his chances, multiple chances that he gets in every game because he gets lots of chances in the right place at the right time, but he's not even converting at least one a game. Isn't that worrying going forward?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's getting to a point where it's getting worrying because we spent a lot of money on this guy. In terms of yes, you're right, we're getting a lot of chances, and if we're going for the league, which look, Liverpool fans can ca- try and shy away from it as much as possible. The players are not shying away from it, so neither sh- neither should we. There's going to be games where he gets half chances, and he needs to put them away. Um, Especially it, Salah's
1: going African for a month, and assuming he did qualify from the groups. You won't see Salah until after... Basically, Salah's missing all your games up until Arsenal. We'll miss the Arsenal game as
0: well. So, so, essentially, we'll need our forwards to step up. But, with Nunes, I'd, a lot of chances fall to him. So, you'd want him to put those chances away. At least one. Exactly. He has enough chances to, I'm not saying score as many goals as Haaland, but to be near to Salah in terms of goals. So if Salah scores 20, he scores 18 or 17. He has enough chances to score. I mean, a one two. Yeah, right. he to. yeah, he gets enough chances to score those amounts of goals. And the first half literally showed the golfing quality between Haaland and Darwin Nunes. Nunes had a half chance, which he took too many ch- touches to get a shot away. Haaland, two sh- touches, the balls in the net, all by Alisson should have done better. But at least he got a shot off on target that was threatening. So that's the difference between Haaland, world-class, and Nunes, good striker. So, look, he needs to improve. I've seen stranger things happen, but this season we need to see, and as the games continue, we need to see massive improvement.
1: In fact, not much really happened in the game for us to even break it down. Actually, that was one thing. This is the second time this season Man City have dropped points in back-to-back games. And last season, they never dropped points in back-to-back games. If they dropped points, they'd always gain maximum points in the following game, and that's how they kept, you know, close to Arsenal, up until they took over in the title race. That's one from that of season. So how do you see that affecting Man City this season? Two times, on two occasions whereby they failed to, you know, rectify, uh, drop points in the previous game, but yet they've dropped points in maximum games for a second time this season?
0: Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say, I wouldn't read too much into it, because if you actually look at the two times that like they drop points back-to-back. They lost to Wolves, and them losing to Wolves, they're always going to have a random game like that. The next game, they're playing Arsenal at the Emirates. That's arguably the hardest place they can go to away from home all season, bar Anfield. So losing there or dropping points there, there's nothing to be ashamed about. Then they played Chelsea. All by, yes, they shouldn't have conceded four goals, but drawing with Chelsea away is not a bad result. Then who do they play next? Liverpool. I would find it worrying if they dropped points in back-to-back games on multiple occasions against teams that they should be beating. But when they're losing against Arsenal, joining against Liverpool, I, I think that's excusable. Those are the second and the third best team in the country. So, City are a good team, but they're not superhuman. But one thing I will say about City is they played Arsenal, they played Chelsea, they played Liverpool. The only big team that they've won against this season is United. And they have Spurs next at the Etihad. Let's see what happens when they play Spurs.
1: Oh, Spurs bro.
0: That Imagine
1: them 5 no bro. Like That's a potential Harlem triple captain right there. Not going to lie. It,
0: poten- it potentially might be, especially with Spurs' injuries. Spurs' injuries do not help them at all. But, look, City dropping points back-to-back games not doing as well as they could against the bigger teams. But, look, I wouldn't be worried. After next week, they would have played all of the top teams. Um, no, they haven't played Newcastle, have they, in the league?
1: Yeah, they have Newcastle game week two or three, I think. Oh, I
0: yeah, that one, no. That one, no, that should have been a three, four, no. So, yeah, that means after next week, they would have played all the big teams. On paper, they won't play a big team until mid-January after Aston Villa, which is the game after Spurs. And look at where they are in the league. And they'll still have Arsenal. They'll still have Chelsea. They'll still have United to come to the Etihad. So, look, I think C- City are fine, man. I'll be perfectly oh. honest.
1: Well, the will switch over to the tight contenders, Arsenal.
0: Uh, I thought your game was boring as well. To be honest, fam, um, like, it was boring, man. I, I the point of brilliance that won that game for you, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. A moment
1: of brilliance. So we we haven't been executing not too often this season. But yeah, man, what uh, I want say is that, again, we, we created just about enough in games we're meant to win because yesterday we created three big chances. I don't know how we did two, that. Two, two, two. No, no I, I, I checked
0: I, I the let mob. I don't care. Okay, but we watched the game together, don't I don't
1: watched the game, but, but, but they, they've counted it. They said three and it's when, from, going from 16 to 19. No, so.
0: it. I watched the game yesterday. I saw
1: two. Anyway, the, the, the better teams average the two big chances a game anyway, so fair enough. We're still creating just about enough in games we're meant to win in. One thing I will say is that yesterday, the main thing was making the wrong decisions in the final third. Look at Nketia. I Arsenal had like a 4 and 2. And this guy thought he was only trying to wrap it around the post when Saka was free. Had a clear shot at goal. Arsenal fans may complain and say, hey, we're not moving quick enough. Our central progression is not, is not there. But yesterday, the amount of times yeah, they could have played the right ball. The amount of times the crosses were not even beat the first man. The one time beat, the, the cross beats the first man and gets to his target. Havertz gets a, got a chance and we score. In terms of Arsenal attacking Wolves, here, yeah, our attacking players outside Saka have not had a good patch of form this season,
0: bro. Let's that's that's the main thing I want to speak about. Don't really care about your game because it was a, it was yeah, a just, 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 yeah. The main players I'm concerned about are got Martin Lee. and Jesus. Yeah, definitely. chat to me about them because with let's focus on Jesus because I feel like his patch of form precedes the season. Older guard and Martinelli, I can say, like, okay, mainly this season they became poor, but last season they were good. Jesus, since the injury, has not been good, and that's something that needs to change very quickly if you're going to win this league.
1: All right, since the MCO, I would say that physically he's going a bit more pudgy, game, especially this season, muscle muscle injuries have he, he's been in and out of the, of the squad so. Yeah, even his door winning family. like even yesterday, how many duels did he actually win? Like he would win a header here and there, but compared to last season, whereby he he competing for every ball, you'd back him to you know pin back his his, his center back so that he can lay the ball off onto Marcel or even Odegaard. We're not, not seeing enough of that this season at all, man, at all. And yesterday was a bad game for him. Even the chance he should have put away that he went to trust for off offside, he should have put that away. I'm sorry, you don't have a striker keeper. Just pick a corner and it's 1-0 no to Arsenal. But yeah, man, he seems very, very worrying, man. Very, very worrying because...
0: And it's, it's led to people saying that you need a striker. And I feel like if he was doing his job, people wouldn't think that you need a striker because in terms of scoring goals, his record at City has followed him at Arsenal. He's not that prolific. He's not, yeah. he's not scoring 15-plus. And then in terms of the link-up play, he's not doing what he did when he first started at Arsenal. Yeah. So at the moment... I don't really know what his value add is into the team. If I'm being perfectly honest, no, I would say he's an improvement from Eddie Nketiah, but Eddie Nketiah should not be your standard to begin with. 100%. percent so, because because um, I think his space his position in your team is coming under threat week by week. And he's I, not helping himself.
1: And to be fair, it was something that we I did envisage <laughs> two, three years down the line, but for it to be second season, whereby Arsenal looking to, you know. Go big on a a striker next summer. It's come a couple of years early, man. It's quite unfortunate, but it is what it is, man. As I said, Arsenal are evolving at a very quick pace. And that leads me on to Odegaard, fam. If Odegaard does not have a good season here, Arteta will not hesitate to just discard him and push him to the side, as we've seen, as he's done with other players. That's one thing I can give Arteta kudos to, is that he's not emotionally attached to any player. If you don't evolve as fast as a team, your position is under threat and you'll be left behind.
0: I understand him being left behind. I'll give Odegaard benefit of the doubt because he started poorly, but he was still one of your best players last season. And A, he's your captain, and B, he's your biggest creative spark. I don't think you have good enough players to replace him. So if you want, if Arteta were to discard no, him... that would be a market move. Yeah, it would be hot. like you'd have to make sure you get spot on in the market because to replace a player like Odegaard, it's got to be tough
1: in the market. But, but the I'm worried about him is that the way Arteta is really trying to run this four-four-two slash 4-3 hybrid here with a second striker, that negate that makes Odegaard pointless in the right half space because you just get into Saka's way. So, the next evolution for Odegaard would be to drop deeper and dictate play. Something that he has the potential to do, something that he's done before at Real Sociedad. So, some people think um. That role might, might be behind him, but I think that's the next evolution for Oligar. For him to, you know, still be a long term member of this project, his role has to evolve again, dropping deeper, making the assist before the assist. Like what that was we used to do with Man City, making the parts before the assist. That's why I think Oligar needs to evolve his game to a point where, whereby, uh, yeah, that's your new role and that's how you're going to elevate the team because we're missing that link between our our, our defensive third and the final third. Obviously, with our party, we are party here, We have someone who can, you know, get the ball and break a line and, you know, play a pass before the opposition back line gets into shape. That's one thing that's also we're missing so much this season. Mainly due to parties injury. So I think that's a road that Odegaard could take up, but we haven't seen it yet because I guess trying also try remedy that by playing Trossard and Odegaard as the eights. And even though was still not optimal. Your midfield
0: was... balance has yeah. been off
1: all season. Yes, yeah, it was off. So I think the final role that that will probably be Odegaard moving to... Left center mid forward so he can play that role, be the link between defense and attack. But yeah, man, he also needs to, you know, wake up and come to the party because, unless, like, we can't just be like being our own attack and threat to, you know, create, we need Martinelli, we need all the
0: Another one, what's a... He's only scored one goal all season, deflected goal against Man City. Yeah, one talk, goal 26 probably looked a threat all season, but look, at the end of the day, I'm not going to bash them because they were brilliant last season and this is just a run of bad form which every player has but they need to snap out of it quickly because you have Man City who are Man City and you have Liverpool whose attacking option is single-handedly putting them in the race so you don't have the luxury to be dilly-dallying as you did last season so these players need to fix up but it's the one positive I'll give you team you guys are flipping hard to beat as Hail said in what was it, two episodes ago? No,
1: that's a, we a episode before to Break, I think.
0: Yeah, that's a, key, that's a key trait to have if you're going for the league. So with all these attacking woes, boring games, turgid games, you're still winning. And it's not as if the team that you're beating should have beaten you. So
1: Also, yeah. uh, we scored one less than you
0: continue for Arsenal.
1: I, I, I think we've only scored one less than you guys.
0: <clears throat> exactly. So long way, yeah. continue for Arsenal.
1: Yeah. So also, basically, it trends towards... Our attacking players just aren't clicking the, the things that might, might do to improve our fluidity but the players themselves aren't really playing to the optimal level so hopefully that changes in of games because you've got Liverpool and forwards game week 18
0: yeah you have, you have four games you you make it have click. three games that could be potential bananas because I think your home games Wolves and Brighton y- you should be able to win those games Brighton you never know which Brighton is going to pop up Luton away you should win that Yeah, Villa away Let's 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 see what their home record is saying because they're playing new Ant city. Back to right? back yeah. Uh to be honest, we might as well speak about Villa because that was the first game today. And to be honest, that was a good game. Third time in a row that Spurs have lost. Third time in a row they've lost whilst leading a game, taking the lead. And Villa, despite having an awful away record, they get a win at White Hart Lane. They seem to like going there because they won 2-0 their last season as well. What do you think yes. of... Before... to be honest, I don't really think there's much to say about Spurs because we knew the squad wasn't the best. Yeah, The injuries to important players. Like, as much as we want to troll them, this is what you'd expect to happen, bro. They're playing Emerson Royale and Ben Davies as centre-back, bro. Like, you can't expect to win games with that. So, as much as I'd want to troll Spurs, I don't think there's much time... Give- there's much point giving them airtime. I don't
1: know if we can say about Spurs is that Ange needs to swallow his pride It just drop that defensive line a bit lower man because how are you going machine for machine with Aston Villa man cool Spurs could have been 3-4 fine but there would have been there have been high chances of winning the game if they just you know reduce the amount of space Villa were getting and just hit Villa on the counter because the, you're good enough to hit Villa on the counter anyway Brendan Johnson Kuliszewski son, like you've got great, good transition players
0: me be devil's advocate here you say, yes, they could have hit Villa on the counter. I do agree with that. They probably would have been in a better position to win the game. But A, every coach has the principles. And you've seen it with Pep, you've seen it with Klopp. The good coach, don't go away from the principles. This doesn't matter what's happening to them. And you can drop a defensive line if you're a high-pressing team. You can't press and drop a defensive line. And that just means enough... That just leaves so much space in the middle. It's either you drop deep and you don't press, or you press and your defensive line has to move up. So, it, 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 but next it, week it, it's, it's pain that Spurs have to endure. But I feel like they're in a position to endure it. They they, they weren't expect they weren't expected to finish top four. So the position that they even started the season with was beyond expectations to begin with. Okay.
1: So just that like, next week I fear for the minute I had they try and play that high line with. Emerson Royale and Ben Davies at the back could get ugly man but yeah back to the Villa game I think
0: City are the worst team to to try and pressure and high press especially with a disjointed team City are the worst team to do that too at t Etihad but let's see how he how he sets up against City next week but Villa we need to give some give them some airtime because for level on points to Liverpool the best home record that they've had since the 80s or 70s Oli Watkins balling, John McGinn balling, Douglas Louise balling. A wild run for Aston Villa and your old boy Unai. It's a perfect club for a minute.
1: Low expectations. Villa will be happy. Will be happy with a European run. Decent cup run. That's his level, man. Like he sort of in Emery's career. The two couple of stats that he went to yeah, where well expectations were high. He couldn't capture the hearts of the of, of the of the fans. Players didn't really respect him, and eventually he lost his job. PSG and Arsenal, Villa. They've suffered relegation in 2016. They were in the wardens for three, four seasons before they got promoted again. And that to endure two subpar coaches in Dean Smith and, and Steven Gerrard. So with them getting Emory, Emery, yeah, that's like getting caviar for them right now. So it's a great relationship and he's doing what's required of him. Therefore, it works. He takes clubs who have been starved of success and gives them a cup run and gives them a European finish. But to be a guy to challenge,
0: Nah, he's not, he's not. But yeah. we're, not, we're not even speaking about it. We're just speaking about, like, his start to the season. Like, oh, yeah, so start season is very good, and Has been amazing. And they just picked up what they left off last season when he when he came in. And you can say he's been arguably manager of the season thus far. Um, yeah. Getting it That's to right. hand, lost three in a row. But to be where he is with, this, with the players, I don't even mean with the players as if Villa's players are bad. How many times have teams bought players that look good on paper? But then when it comes to actually producing results on the pitch, they don't do well. Villa's team, when Dean Smith was there, when Gerald was there, they bought decent players on on paper. And now those players are actually producing. They've been put in a system that they can thrive in. And yeah. Una Emery deserves credit for that. Going Villa Park is not an easy place to go to anymore. Yeah,
1: last time lost it, Villa Park, was when we beat them 14. And that was a typical Emory game. Two run up, they started to play defensively, try and uh, protect the result, but Arsenal what too good to, what were so good that we picked them off. That's that's a massive problem with Emery. But yeah, man, uh, Villa are doing well, man. Uh, they should enjoy themselves. Conference League, they should be looking to win that. On paper, they're the strongest team in that competition. Not going to
0: lie. 100%. And look, at the end of the day, what what we were saying about Brighton earlier on about they should try and sniff for places if the big teams are not doing well. Villa should do the same correct. Oh, yeah. right,
1: right now, that top four race is open. Um, man U, even Manu, they've won. They've got some results here, but their next five or six games here are, are very hard. As in that, like, you wouldn't be surprised if Man U left with, leh- with less than 10 points in that round of games. So, Villa have a mass nice opportunity to, you know, build momentum in this top four race and gain control of the top four race. But it's open, man. It's an open race for fourth place. Villa, Man U, Spurs, Newcastle. Um, who else could we add to that? Or is that it?
0: I'll I'll say at the moment that that's probably it. Spurs, Villa, Newcastle United, those four teams going for fourth place as of now. Villa sh- ha- should definitely be in the race. They should really the aim time.
1: to be fourth going into New Year. That should be the aim for them right now.
0: They should. They sh- that should be the aim. It wouldn't be anything against them if they don't reach that aim. Yeah, yeah but that is
1: should aim to be, to be yeah. control the top four race for the second half of the season.
0: Exactly and. But also, also quickly, I yeah, like, expect them to make the top four. But if they're there they're about, it increases the chances of them having a good season. Also, quickly remember,
1: yeah, Emery has experience. here yeah, managing that Thursday on the schedule. It's something that he's managed very well, very well, well, well during his career. And Villa don't really have hangovers like that when when they've played on a Thursday, then play on Sunday. So it's perfect for them. Like they have the tools to come forth, especially if United keep on stuttering, Newcastle, you know, stutter. And
0: yeah, but that's the tools to potentially come forth. I don't think they'll come forth, oh, but, but that, that's I a tool they for have it. The
1: quality to sustain. They have the for it. That's all that's what, that's what I'm saying. The attack will get them in conversation.
0: Now, let's let's see because, bro, Dave they surprised me. I, I thought, yes, Una Emery did well, but I didn't expect them to start this one. They're level on points with Liverpool, and we're talking about how well we started the season, so I feel like they deserve credit. What's that? one point behind you, man. Two points behind you, man. Two
1: points. Also, it's even surprising that uh, usually around this time in the Premier League during the part of the season, yeah, you can see clear gaps forming between teams in the top six, but it's still quite bunched up. And we and, and and the Christmas pitches are literally around the corner, which is very weird. It's very, very weird.
0: It is. Let, let let's see when teams start to pull away from each other. I feel like this period we're gonna see it. There's no international breaks for a while between now and the break after the FA Cup games, there's going to be a lot of games in a row. And that's when club squad, the quality of the squad will tell. So I feel like over the next six to seven games, gaps are going to appear. And I'm looking forward to that. But before we round up, we need to talk about... They, they tried to put this game... They tried to sneak it at 3pm on a Saturday. They tried to think that no one would be watching. But nah, it was even crazy. They've
1: been feeding us trash Newcastle games for the past six weeks here. But the one game that should be on TV is at 3 o'clock.
0: Nah, it's, 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 it's BS. But anyway, I'm not even going to get into the TV scheduling. Bro, Newcastle battered Chelsea. And it was a weird battering because it's not as if Newcastle actually battered them during the game. Chelsea had a minute of madness. But... Yeah. Big up Newcastle though, because they lost to Bournemouth. They lost two Champions League games in a row. They had tons of injuries. You see how different they are when Bruno G comes back. And fair play to them. Another scalp for them at St. James's Park. They've got in what? PSG. They've got in City in the Cup. They've got in Newman and now they've got in Chelsea. Not a bad start to the season for them in terms of scalps at St. James's Park.
1: Yeah, I'm like that game was. They, they just bullied Chelsea out of the game, man. Like, it was one-one, then they got that goal. There was just complete onslaught. They were they were first to every challenge, they won every duel. And as I said, yeah, I don't recognize this Chelsea. Isn't it Chelsea? I've, I grew up hating them. You get me that Chelsea were weak, absolutely weak. And and was the last week you can say that? That deep, well, describing Chelsea as weak.
0: In 2023, it's, it's it's a it's a new era Chelsea. It's a top Bowly Chelsea. It's a mid table, Chelsea. Like when when things go back bad, heads drop. It's Damn. because it's because they're a young team. It's a team that hardly has any leaders. Price tag away. These players have hardly any experience. But Thiago Silva, who had an uncharacteristic poor game, and Raheem Sterling. None of these players have experience like that, and you're gonna get results and performances like this. They can go toe to toe with City, they can go toe-to-toe with Arsenal, but then they'll crumble against Brentford, they'll lose 4-1 to Newcastle. That's why they are where they are.
1: They basically state of limbo. What's gonna be crazy is that certain players are getting away with their performances. Whether, whether or not Chelsea fans like it or not, yeah, Conor Gallagher and Cole Palmer have been your best midfielders this season. More so I'll say best Gallagher. players. Yeah. yeah, best players this season. More so Connor Gallagher. But what they allow Enzo Fernandez to get away with is think disgrace. Like, tell me, yeah, if I'm, if, if I'm, if I'm, if i tweaking or not, yeah, what has Enzo done for Chelsea yeah, that Kovacic didn't do? No,
0: nah, I agree. I, I think he's had a very disappointing start to his Chelsea career. I feel like Kaysedo has had a very poor start, but I'll, I'll, I'll allow him not because of anything, just because there's other people to get onto first. I feel like. Paul Pogba didn't get this luxury when he joined Manchester United. Bro,
1: like, like quickly, yeah, Pogba, when he first came here, yeah, or even the, the, the cliche way people say, oh, I'm not going to spend 100 more on a guy that can rise. I'm going to spend 100 more on a guy like Enzo Fernandez because, you know, he's good on the ball. But I'm sorry, yeah, if you cost 100 more, it yeah, doesn't matter if you're your defensive player or your attacking player. The whole point of spending 100 million mil on you is so that you are winning your, your team points. Van Dijk, when he was signed by Liverpool, quality, in your, your results picked up straight away became better as a team. He started winning more points. Um, Declan Rice is coming to Arsenal. He has helped Arsenal remain competitive. He's winning Arsenal points. He's scoring goals in important moments. And so Fernandez here has been in the league for almost, almost a year. year. And he only has two assists to his name. And those two assists here came last season. His only goal for Chelsea was in the cup game against Wimbledon. So all this... No, but okay. But the thing is... I get your point,
0: but I don't think you should be using goals and assists because... I don't
1: know, but I, 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 this year, what results has this guy helped? Yeah, no, Chelsea no, no,
0: no that, 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 that's, that's what I was going to say, because even with Declan Rice, yes, you said goals, There was well, his goal against United, his goal against Chelsea, which, yes, won you guys points on paper, but there have been his performances. So, for example, his performance against Crystal Palace away. for even yesterday, even yesterday. Or yesterday, I think that man of the match, I don't think he should have gotten it like I don't think Trent should have gotten it. But I feel like games like Crystal Palace, where bro, this he didn't get a goal, he didn't get an assist. It's not as if his highlights is going to be turning the ball and spraying it, but in terms of how he played off the ball, he helped you guys win. I don't think Enzo Fernandez is one of those players where, kind of like Pogba, you don't know his true position because it's not as if he's a dual machine. He doesn't read the game and intercept. He's not um, the best at dictating play. And in the final third, he's not a chance creation machine. So I feel like Chelsea might have or have gotten swindled again, like they did with Mudrick, and they've overpaid on hype because, at least with Caicedo, I know from what he did at Brighton, I don't know if he's going to transfer it at Chelsea. He has qualities that can help Chelsea win games. Enzo Fernandez, I haven't seen those quality yet. That leads to a 100 million signing. But Chelsea have made a lot of mistakes, so I'm not surprised.
1: Yeah, because the way Chelsea was describing this guy, you think that he's churning out for a guy's type of performance every week, talking about, it yeah, ends had a great game, but you watch the clip he's like, what? What you paid 100 m for a side piece for, for guys just to be keep, keep it ticking. The guy's not even even um, influencing games like that. that, 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 that that's my gripe with trusty fans. You're like, you can't try and shoot another 100 million pound players here when this guy's not even done what Pogba did. Pogba's first couple of seasons at United, yeah, he was winning United points. May, you may say that he was inconsistent at some points here, but he was winning points with United in his first couple of seasons.
0: And not getting the same flack Pogba did.
1: Fam, that's, it's absolutely pissing me off. These times, football came to Premier League as a four times overall winner, World Cup young player of the tournament, even became a World Cup winner, European sixteen player of the tournament had, had Madrid on his on, on his trail, and he didn't even get any leeway. But a guy yeah, who just happened to have a great World Cup here yeah, got young player of the tournament, which was questionable, I must say, because Mbappe is around the, is in and around the same age. So yeah.
0: let's let, let's see. I feel like. Enzo is definitely going to be one that's going to be under the spotlight for Chelsea, especially this season. He's going to be one I'm going to be watching a lot closely because I do agree with you. His performances have gone under the radar and like I, his poor performances, and it's close to a year now. It's going to be a year and the end, end of January, so... Very close to yeah. I don't. Th- I, if I was to rate his start to England out of ten, I'd give it a four slash five out of ten, uh, which is good for a hundred million pound player.
1: Uh, I'm saying, Chelsea fans, you spend a hundred million on the Argentinian Kovacic, but remains to be seen. I, I, I'll be very worried if he's just going to do what Kovacic needs, and Kovacic didn't cost hundred more. Kovacic cost fifty more.
0: Yeah, and to be honest, I don't even think he's doing anything close to Kovacic. But I feel like Kovacic at least. He wouldn't get you goals and assists, but in terms of his effect on the game, ball retention, actually driving Chelsea dribbling, you could see his effect. You can watch a game and be like, "Raw, Kovacic was playing." Sometimes Enzo will do something in the seventeenth minute, and you'd be like, "Oh, raw, you forgot this guy was even playing." So he he, he needs to improve. Let's see, but Chelsea need to improve on a on a whole because four one is a poor is a poor poor result. That's what three games in a row they conceded four goals. Oh, second game in a row they conceded four yeah. goals 8 that's what eight goals nine goals conceded in three games that 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 needs to improve also it. we
1: need to talk about their home form as well only one win at home
0: two two homies all, all year something nice like that it's it's definitely something that Chelsea need to rectify 100% They're, I haven't looked at the fixtures but they need to go on a the run they need to get into a habit of beating teams that they should be beating I feel like until they do that, I don't care what players they sign. I don't care how much money they spend. If we're talking as rational football fans, there's absolutely I don't have any expectation for Chelsea. Until they can show me they can beat, they have Brentford away and they beat them. Then they have Crystal Palace away, then they beat them. Until Chelsea have a game and we don't have to watch because we know Chelsea are going to win. I have no expectation for them to do anything meaningful, if I'm being honest.
1: 100 like they to go on a five, seven game run here, yeah, whereby yeah, good performances they are, they are dominating games and creating lots of chances and putting them away because now you've yeah, structured defeat. They're not briefing the media, yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna get awesome in, in Jan. Great, spend 100 m on on a, on a, on a striker, yeah, when your team is still quite unbalanced. So, is it win now or is it youth projects? Look, let's
0: see. Let let me. I'm gonna. Once we get to game week nineteen, around that period, I'm gonna give my proper thoughts on Chelsea because I don't want to just repeat myself. Because what you said is is facts. They're spending money as if they want to win now, in terms of price tag. But the players that they're pl- buying is as if it's a project. But look, we already know Bowley and his boys don't really have a clue about what they're doing, or they're showing that they don't if they have cool. a plan let's see because i can't see it
1: because we have that like, chelsea chelsea journalists are reporting that they expect champions league this season which is i don't know what they're smoking if they're putting no nah, nah,
0: chelsea are not going to get champions league
1: i know um, but, 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 but but according to chelsea journalists yeah, the owners are expecting well, spe- well, spe- a champions league um tra <laughs> it's
0: not going to happen um uh, i know Toboli might not listen to this but it's definitely not going to happen
1: boy him and his boy, are smoking the maddest weed, fam, If they thought that the Champions League challenge was happening this season, what Carl? We were saying they'd be lucky to get sixth place, bro. And and and, and these Cowboys think they were they are they, entitled to a Champions League run. I'm sorry, you're, you're not even better than Man United, fam.
0: Now they're not. Out of all, out of all the teams we've spoken about today or focused on, Chelsea are definitely the worst one 100%. Because you have City, Liverpool, Arsenal, which are your three, you have Newcastle, Villa. Uh, Spurs, United who are the teams going for top four then you have Brighton then Chelsea if you're going to rank teams in terms of the level this season and you can even argue that Brentford is above Chelsea or at their level but
1: Brentford actually have a consistent transfer system, Brentford actually win games at home <laughs> yeah, but for, for, for starters
0: <laughs> everything we're saying is not news so let's it's let's let's see what happens with Chelsea. They they're playing once a week. They they have this the run of hard fixtures on paper is coming to an end very soon. When they play teams that they're meant to beat, let's see what happens.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't expect much from them anyway. Anyway, let's move on to hey, yeah Everton United. They the three nil, no, man, boy. Uh, with me, I'm, I'm sorry, everything, yeah. All I'm going to say is the Premier League have given themselves a massive problem. One charge minus 10 points. You're basically saying, yeah, if you've, if you've given everything 10 points for one charge, it means that you have to f- throw the book at Man City. I don't care. Because, they do. because if they were going to just give Man City a slap on the wrist, then you just give everything a slap on the wrist, because one charge. Just maintain consistency. If you guys just are going to be letting people off the hook, maintain consistency. Because if I'm Everton fan we're getting minus 10 points one charge, and Man City have broken the rules 115 times, and if they get not even a, a not even a point deduction, then I'm sorry, uh, I'll be questioning the integrity of the Premier League.
0: Oh no, de- definitely. I feel like with the City one, people should know should realize we're not going to get a decision on City for, yeah, a while. for a while. If if anything happens to City, I'm telling you now Pep won't be at the the club because it's going to take that long. He would have left already. So. In terms of city's punishment, it's gonna be a while until we see it. But yeah, it has to be at I least a pointed action. They 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 set precedent. They definitely definitely have. I feel like the issue is, and one thing people also need to remember is, Everton pleaded guilty. No, I Everton actually
1: worked with the Premier League. They didn't try and string them along. They just said, "Yep, we fucked up. We accept our charge. Let's let's deal with it." Man City, have been
0: no, going around the Man City are fighting that charge. So look, we might say Man City are guilty. I think they're guilty because you don't get charged 115 times and you're not guilty of one. But are they going to be found guilty? That's a different thing. So in terms of consistency and integrity, we can only say that if City are found guilty. So City might still not be found guilty. They can still bust case. They did it before with Cham- with UEFA. After more, tells-
1: one of one, one UEFA's prosecutors...
0: So let's 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 see what happens with uh, Premier League.
1: Wait, yeah, but, but, but back to Everton on the pitch. Yeah, they're very lucky that we have three one of the worst promoted teams in the Premier League history since Derby, because I don't see any of the, the promoted teams are even getting thirty points, let alone getting more than thirty points. So Everton, yeah, just focus on winning your home games and get some away wins, and you're, you're good to go.
0: I I hear that, but what happened today has happened a lot this season. They had more shots than United, they had more touches in the opposition box. The XG was better. Nine times this season, they've created better chances than the opposition and lost five times. This is a pattern. And, yeah. whether, and, and whether you have teams, whether you say you don't expect these teams to reach 30 points, if you're doing that week in, week out, that is not good for the mentality of the team. Yes, we can say they're creating chances, but in November... And they're still playing games where they're playing better than the team and lose. They shouldn't have lost the game either. To, to today, credit to United for the quality they produce. Uh, I'm
1: gonna lie quickly. That got an actual overhead kick here that silenced the crowd. Like it killed any game that Everton had. it was <laughs> one of the best basketball kicks <laughs> I've ever seen. Like it killed a, it. Basically killed Everton because the fans were making noise. Third minute, low whips in the cross, bang. It's a Waldy one on down. I'm sorry, yeah. it was long from that moment because. If, if the game stayed at no no for a long time, everything's not getting into the fans everything are
0: Everton potentially could have gotten into yeah. the stride and
1: but that knocked the wind out of them. I'm sorry, like it actually killed. When I in mean, that school, I was like, yeah, it's looking long for everything because they're now going to come out try and press United high. United are just going to pick them off on the counter because everything's unclinical. and it happened as I predicted when I when the first goal went in. Yeah, it
0: was. Uh, uh, it did, it did count. It did silence everything, ruin the game plan but Everton should have still gone into halftime 1-1. One, one, yeah, sure. The yeah. chances that they created were good enough to score. Calvin Lewin, De Coric, and Ague. like I said, they can't go into games and be creating chances and not winning. It happened against Fulham first game of the season. It's happened a lot of times this season. And yes, they've been done dirty, being put in the relegation zone with that silly charge. But look, at the end of the day, you have to, you have to finish
1: your dinner. Especially that minus ten year, it means they have to get forty five to even reach thirty five. So it, points are very precious. They have to be getting maximum points here, around, from teams in, in and around them if they want to stay up. I think thirty five points would be enough to stay up this year potentially. So for Everton, so what? Yeah, I think the points? quality of
0: the lower lower sides are is pretty poor.
1: Yes, yeah, that's what I said thirty five will probably be enough this season. Thirty five points, give or take. It depends. It's quite weird that like L- Luton seemed, the mo- seemed to be the most impressive out of the teams. But anyway. But yeah, man, Everton, 45 points has to be the aim. So that's what? 12 home wins and uh, probably what? 12 home wins is 12, 12 times 3, is 36, and nine draws. That's 45 points. Then minus the 10, 35, potentially stay up comfortably. Depending on how bad will Luton do. or Burn- For me, Burnley and Sheffield United are, are in the race to the bottom for them who can get who can finish bottom. That's the race between Burnley and Sheffield United. Luton are the ones they're showing some sort of you know something about them. Some defensive structure, attacking wise. Luton, they're good for 18th. They're good for 18th. But will they get more than 30 points in order to, you know, take that 17th place off Everton? I don't think so. So yeah man, for Everton 12 wins, nine draws, and you're probably staying up. But it's a massive challenge because it's that, that minus 10 is a big psychological weight on... And uh, this is 12
0: more wins because they've had three week, three wins chalked off, technically.
1: Yeah, technically, but if you just do the numbers of 12 times 3 is 36, plus 9, 45, minus 10, 35. So it's basically eight more wins on paper to make up for that points to loss. Because remember, it's to get to 35 points. It means they have to be accumulating 45 in total, minus the 10 for it to be 35.
0: Let's let, let's see if they'll be able to do it. But
1: six home man. wins, six away wins. You guys should be able to do that. Everton, come on. Like you can't allow the Premier to do that like that, man. Like, especially when you say them opening next season. You can't be opening up in the championship.
0: Now let's see. Now that's a good point. They can't be there can't be opening cases when the 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 playing in the 24-man league, fam. You're right. Um
1: from new stadium, yeah, and in and, 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 and your first game in New Stadium in second division, in your first ever relegation. That's a draw man. Come on, man. They need to six home wins, six away wins. And you stay up, essentially. That's how bad Luton and them are now, man.
0: Now let's 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 see if Everton can do it. Well, I don't know if I want them to do it because I want I want Merseyside derbies, but seeing Everton fail, it does bring a smile to my face. Yeah, but if Luton stay up, league is finished, bro. True. Like, like, how how three point is size like. If one of them stay up, is a
1: it's bad on, on, on the league fam. It's triple yeah, so drown. Place, I don't care, bad. man. Bad for the PR. Fam. It's triple drown, fam. As I said two seasons ago, with Drupal drown, bro. Yeah,
0: true. Man, uh, we, we need Cuban links. We need baguettes. We don't need ASOS chains, fam. So, um,
1: fam, like every time Premier League characters, they've been shit for last last ten years here, but No, no. actually last five years have been crappy. But they're pure heritage, fam. They can't be going on like this, especially with that quality of the teams that came up. Come on, man. They have to do it, man. Six home wins, six away wins. You guys do it, Daichi, man. Real men.
0: Come on, get it done. Nah, let's let's see if they can do it. But on that note, guys, as we you know. Another episode of Use on the Box. Take care.